That was The Worm Turns with Dead Speak of Lives. You are tuned to Radio Vessel here at 4ZZZ, where we are broadcasting on the unceded lands of the Turrbal, Yagara, Jagara, Ugaripal and Kondamooka peoples. We pay our respects to Elders past and present, and to all First Nations communities across the country. We recognise that Indigenous sovereignty over these lands has never been ceded, and the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities have been resisting, refusing and disrupting colonialism since 1788. Mutual, 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 this is the mutual broadcasting system. As radio gets called everything from gag to gadget, but fate is to make radio a power in a world of peace and war. And the show you are listening to today is Radio Vessel. Today on the show we are going to be talking a lot about political morality and social choice. Just musing on the philosophical content of some kind of a broader political economic critique. This is very much in the spirit of Radio Reversal. Good morning, Zedly Ones. You are tuned to Radio Reversal here on 4ZZZ. It is eight minutes past nine on this Thursday morning. I'm Nat, I use she, her pronouns, and today on the show I'm really excited to be bringing you... A show I'm calling Learning Out Loud from Barry Parade to the Tin Sheds. I want to give a huge shout out to the crew listening at the Tin Sheds as part of Amplify, um, a very cool event happening around um, on Eora Country uh, down in so-called Sydney, uh, where the crew there are uh, spotlighting the importance of these spaces of community media, of pirate radio, um, as a means for thinking creatively about the future, about engaging with struggle, um, about how radio as a medium is one of those ones that's often quite tied to space. And so in that way, it can help us think about the importance of urban space and the things that unite us, whether that's the radio waves or music and, and our politics, how we can use them to generate solidarity. Uh, it's also an event that's um, in the spirit of protecting spaces in the city um, that are these sites um, of struggle and sites of creative experimentation and uh, creative music making, as well as to create more diverse media landscapes, championing, championing uh, First Nations music and journalism, which you know, is definitely in the spirit of, of what we try and do here at Radio Reversal and indeed at 4 Z more generally. So um, I was really stoked to be invited um, to have our radio show this morning picked up and streamed to the folks listening in the crew down at the Tinchance Gallery and had a bit of a think about what I could bring you that would be in line um, with the interests of that event. So... Some of you may know regular listeners to Radio Reversal or, of course, our recently launched podcast. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we, we held a very cute event um, with our friends at the Paradigm Shift where we launched, did a little Radio Reversal Paradigm Shift mixtape live and in person um, at the Woolagabba substation. Um, definitely one of those one of those sneaky little venues around the city where folk not, you know, not very much. You can you can put on some some interesting events and gigs, and um, you know because both Radio Reversal and Paradigm Shift are, are launching podcasts, and we've also been really long running um, radio programs here at Four Triple Z as well. And it was an opportunity for us to sort of think about um, think about these mediums, think about different ways of engaging with them, and think about the relationship between radio, community radio in particular community media making as well as art making music making poetry making and how these tie in with um the other political struggles that we're engaged with and the communities we are in solidarity with 
So I'm going to play you a few little clips, bits and pieces from around that event. Um, you'll be hearing a couple of different conversations. Um, so the first was a co- is a conversation between um, Radio Reversal producer Anna Carlson, speaking with Mananjali and South Sea Islander scholar Professor Chelsea Wadigo and activist and race scholar Dr David Singh, both people who have appeared on Radio Reversal a number of times before. Um, who have a really interesting conversation about the sort of possibilities, politics and pedagogies of community radio, reflecting particularly about their work together that they do on AAA Murray Country 98.9 FM, um, Let's Talk Black Politics, a really fantastic program that everyone should be listening to if you're not already. And then the second uh, the second conversation I'll be playing is between um, Andy Payne, dear friend of the show and producer of Paradigm Shift, um, with Egyptian-Australian writer, poet-performer, Lamise Hamouda, who many of you would have also heard on Radio Reversal a whole bunch of times. Um, she's one of the authors of The Shape of Dust. And, of course, our dear friend Jonathan Sriranganathan, um, about uh, who, yes, politician, but also poet-musician. Um, and we have a great chat together about the nexus of activism and art and the place of poetry and music in social change. So jam-packed as always and of course because this is for triple z we will be bringing you lots of new local music lots of music by first nations artists this morning in particular um but i reckon first let's jump right right into the first little chat which is between anna david and chelsea you are tuned to radio reversal on four triple z Chelsea, you've been making community radio for ages now and you have this kind of incredible checkered backstory with shows on especially AAA, um, Murray Country, the Aboriginal community-controlled radio station over in West End. Um, Initially, I think, the show Wild Black Women. What drew you to community radio? Uh, I had to work out a way how to pay the bills when I split with my husband and Carver hit me up and said, you want to host Let's Talk? And... Like, literally, I just needed to pay the bills. And so I thought, OK, well, maybe this will help us get through that time. But what it was, um, I was doing Let's Talk just each week and I wanted to bring some of our black uh, academics into community radio to talk about their work and connect it to community. Um, and But I got Angelina on to talk about her PhD. But she didn't want to talk about the PhD. And so I said, we'll just talk about what made us wild this week. And Wild Black Woman was born out of this one episode of just trying to survive and make some content. And, um, yeah, and it kind of... We did the first show and I think the guys from upstairs came down and went, that was, that was pretty good. And so we kind of just started doing it and it ended up being that was the whole thing. And, um, yeah, I was able to, like, turn what was a pretty traumatic time in my life into um, stuff to laugh about and it really got me through. Um, and not financially, um, but uh, <laughs> didn't pay. I think we split. We had 60 bucks each or something. Um, but it got me through emotionally um, with community and just being able to, you know, try and hold together all week and uh, on a Friday morning just, like, snort, laugh. Uh, we cry. We got wild. It was just... We had a place just to be ourselves and... Uh, Look, a few defo threats. Uh, we had to do an in-service with lawyers about, you know, how to moderate our feelings about things. Uh, so I now start most sentences with, in my opinion, um, and that tends to cover me. <laughs> For the most part. 
David, what about you? Because, I mean, you have jumped into Let's Talk Black Politics this year. Um, had you done community radio before that? And if not, what made you want to do Let's Talk? No, to the first question. <laughs> um, and, look, I'd like to say I didn't have a choice. Um, it's part of the work that we do. I mean, if you know me, you know that I like to work in the background. Um, uh, supporting others, kind of equipping others to take the fight forward and to hold the line in various ways. Um, but this year, uh, we did one season of Let's Talk, uh, Black Politics, and I kind of came out um, in, in a way that I never imagined at this stage in my life. Um, I've long been an activist, and I, I figured by this time I'd be on the scrap heap. <laughs> but um, radio has given me a second lease of life, uh, a new way to understand the world that I inhabit, not least this place uh, as a settler uh, and a relatively recent migrant. Um, so it's given me uh, a way of seeing the world that, uh, for a lo that excites. Uh, I can see the possibilities in a way that I couldn't were it not for radio. What do you think... Um because, I mean, you, you're both people who work in the university, the kind of traditional academy in, in various ways. And I know you're also both people who think a lot about pedagogy, a kind of fancy way of saying the, the processes through which we learn and teach and are transformed in the process. What have you learned about teaching and learning from doing community radio? Um, look, I, I mean, I love live radio. Um, there's no PowerPoint, there's no um, teaching notes, you just got to hit it. And, um, uh, and so I like that you can't hide. Uh, and you've just got to be yourself and be honest about what you know and, and honest about what you don't know. Um, so it means, you know, putting yourself out there. Um, and I like that. It's, there's an honesty to live radio. Um, and it just, I guess... Um, for me, what I love about um, particularly black radio is, and it's always been an issue for me working in the academy, is, you know, my best intellectual work was always largely for settlers. And um, for me, I, what I love about radio is that it's in conversation with our mob. And, you know, um, I, don't, I don't listen to a lot of radio. Um, and I remember doing Blackfella Book Tour last year and went up Cherbourg, went up TI, Cairns and um, they'd put some, like, in I did some interviews on Black Radio that was out there. And so when I went up Cherbourg, people were like, oh, yeah, we, are, we heard you on the radio, we heard you were coming. And it just spun me out how, how, how much our communities still rely so much on, on Black Radio. And, um, you know, it was a doogie me, like I'd been doing it for some time, but... Uh, it was a way for us to be in conversation with each other on our terms, much like Kevin had said. And um, so it's, um, it's not, you know, how do I incorporate this into teaching and learning? It's more about um, that I get to play in a bigger classroom and the, the classroom of, of people that I want to be in conversation with be challenged by. I love the feedback and the conversations that go on after a show's gone to air, whether it's DMs, out for a yarn, um, all that kind of stuff. I, I just get to be in a, in a much bigger classroom and we're all learners and so I love that space. Mm. Yeah, what about you, David? What do you think, has it changed the way you think about how you learn or how you approach um, teaching? Um, well, it certainly has, right? I mean, for me, it was, I mean, learning was largely a solitary activity. Um, when you do 
um, race, critical race, as, as uh, I do, uh, they, there, there aren't that many conversations to be had because you're submerged by whiteness. Um, it's everywhere. Um, who do you go to when you've alighted upon a particular concept and trying to work out its kind of everyday application? Um, and I didn't think that you could take those concepts uh, as a means to think with and then broadcast those concepts through something like the medium of radio. Um, and we've had discussions, I've come on for Triple Z and we've discussed the idea of crisis and Stuart Hall's idea of conjuncture and applied it to this moment. Um, and similarly on the show with Chelsea, we were about to take uh, a second season looking at black ways of knowing and black knowledges. Um, and often those knowledges are in conversation. They don't, they don't sit there uh, and ossify. They're continually on the move. And to bring my learning in a particular way and to receive the gift of black knowing too, and to do that on radio is pretty special. You are tuned to Radio Reversal here on 4ZZZ. It is 26 minutes past nine this Thursday morning. I'm Nat. And today on the show, we are featuring some interviews we've had with some dear friends and show regulars um, over the last couple of weeks around this question about learning out loud and the role that community, community media plays in broader political struggles for resistance. And what we've been hearing so far is a conversation between Anna and uh, Professor Chelsea Wadigo and Dr. David Singh. Um, I've got a little bit left of that interview, which I'm going to play, which uh, goes into this question about what it means to be a public intellectual. Um, such a, yeah, big scare quotes around that term, I think. Uh, but if you want to get in touch, we would, of course, love to hear from you. You can give us a call while we're playing a track on 32521555, or you can you can text in your song requests, bonus points if thematically linked, on 0420626733. And of course, if you want to support the wonderful work that community radio does, get on to 4ZZZ.org.au slash support. There's subscription prices, a bunch of different price points um, that helps us keep the lights on and the, uh, the computers behaving. So let's jump right in to the next part of this chat. You are tuned to Radio Reversal on 4ZZZ. I feel like you're both going to really hate this question, but I want to ask it anyway. Um, <laughs> What do you think about the idea of the public intellectual and do you feel like your work on, <laughs> on radio reflects a kind of tradition of um, public intellectual work? Go on, then. <laughs> oh, right. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, uh, just recently I read uh, Dylan Rodriguez over on Turtle Island calling out the academic as being a fraud, uh, particularly in relation to abolition. Um, and uh, I found that sobering. Um, I do wonder what it is I'm doing sometimes when I pronounce um, and who's listening uh, and whether I practice what I preach. Um, um, I, I think if you continually check yourself, uh, I think that that's largely healthy. Um, I don't see my... I mean, as I said, I'm, I'm a stagehand. I don't like to take centre stage on anything. Recently, though, I think we're all called right, to step up. Uh, we can't afford to hang back and hope that somebody else carries the load. And I think if, if that means being described as a pump, public intellectual, well, hell yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, so. Mm. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't, I, I don't like the term public intellectual. Um, 
But I do think there's a case to be made for nerds on the front line. Um, like, you know. Right. Let me show you my literature review. Um, look, and so I, 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 do, I do love... Um, I love the intellectual work that I get to do, as, as messed up as it can be sometimes and as violent as that place can be sometimes. Um, so, I, I, you know, I'm, I, I hate the term public intellectual, but I also um, don't love the kind of um, anti-intellectual sentiment either. And there's somewhere in between this space um, where, you know, intellectual work put to important political and legal purposes um, is necessary. And I just love that with um, black radio, community radio, we kind of blur the lines between who's the intellectual and who isn't, who gets to know, who has the right to know. And, you know, with what we're doing with Let's Talk Black Politics is we're doing these live shows, um, we're packed in a podcast and it's, you know, effectively creating our own grad cert that is freely available um, for Mob to be in, in conversation and to advance the work that they need to be doing, um, that we all need um, our, our thinkers to be doing wherever, wherever they um, are situated. And, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't love the academy. Mm. Um, I don't love other academics so much. Um, but I'm excited by the kind of intellectual work that we could be doing. Mm. And uh, I feel very privileged to, you know, have a job where I get paid to think and I've been able to find a place uh, alongside David to create um, a couple of intellectual communities, both at ICRR um, as well as at uh, Kurumba Institute where we can do our work on our terms. And I'm, we're not spending our days trying to fight the institution to get a space to do it, that we've actually finally got somewhere to do it. And, um, you know, when you then get communities call you to do intellectual work, um, that's really special. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think we're very fortunate yeah. to get to do some of the work that communities ask us to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to ask what you're excited about in terms of both of you are people who um, dream pretty big, plan pretty hard in terms of future projects. What are you looking forward to in your radio and podcasting lives? David, you're excited all the time. I think you should go first. <laughs> um, so we just had an event this morning, uh, an uncle Shane Coghill uh, welcomed everyone to country. And then he handed me a document um, um, outlining a particular anti-racist history, a black fella anti-racist history. And one of the things I'm keen is to collate those histories uh, in order to capture testimony uh, from history, but also what it has to say in this present moment. There's a particular anti-racist formation that's taking shape right now, grounded in sovereignty. We need to get to work, understand precisely what is happening, and we can only do that by understanding what's happened previously, and turn to elders, both black and otherwise, to find out what they did back in the day. All too often we move ahead with the latest faddish theory. No, they've done it, they've seen it, got the t-shirts, seen the movie, they've done it. We need to go back in order to go forward. Mm. Mm. Um, so I'm excited about we're putting out our, hopefully season one of our podcast this year on uh, Indigenous critical race theory. So it's putting together some of our shows we recorded throughout the year, which you're helping produce. We, we are producing. Um, and it's inspired by uh, Sister Ruby Wharton's Invasion Day speech when she called on us mob to read the play. Um, so season one, read the play, Black Critical Race uh, podcast. I'm very excited for that to get out in the world um, and bring and build community um, from that foundation. 
Um, we've got a, I'm excited for what's ahead for ICRR um, and the, the community organising work we get to do out of that house, which we can't plan for, it just happens. And so I'm excited to see what's going to happen next, which I don't know what it is. Mm. Um, as well as at Karimbra Institute, um, I'm staying on there for a few years now and uh, building a black intellectual collective in that space. And um, so I'm really excited about the black uh, postgrads that we're bringing in um, who are doing intellectual work in a whole different kind of way mm. uh, than how we're supposed to be doing it. So that's fun fucking with that. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I'm a bit like Kevin, though. I'm still dreaming for my uh, post-academic career, mm. um, writing screenplays and <laughs> just, yeah, writing fun stuff, um, uh, not just the stuff that breaks your heart. Mm. Mm. That was Professor Chelsea Wadigo speaking with Dr David Singh and Anna Carlson a couple of weeks ago at the Radio Reversal Paradigm Shift Mixtape podcast launch party. That doesn't stop being a mouthful. You are listening to Radio Reversal on 4ZZZ and today on the show we are really thrilled to be sharing our feed with the crew down at Amplify Story Resistance Radio as part of their pirate radio broadcast schedule being hosted at the Tin Sheds Gallery on Eora Country in so-called Sydney. You can learn more about the work Amplify is doing and their packed and very fascinating program by heading to our socials where we've um, provided a bit more info and some links. And, of course, we want to hear from you. As always, send us a text on 0420 626 733. Let us know what you think about this question, about what it means to think out loud. And if you are convinced that community radio has an important part to play in the landscape of social change, um, make sure you are subscribing and supporting your local community radio station. We're going to jump, I think, right into the next part, which was um, a panel conversation from the same event, this one between um, Andy Payne from The Paradigm Shift, speaking with local activist, poet, community organiser, writer, Lamise Hamuda, who um, also you would have heard on Radio Reversal many times before, as well as uh, our dear friend Jonathan Sriranganathan, poet, musician, community organiser and current candidate for Mayor of Brisbane, talking about the nexus of activism and art and what the place of poetry and music is in social change. And I think that also speaks a little bit to what um, Prof Wadigo was talking about in the end there, that we do spend a lot of time working on the things that break our hearts. And that is really obviously important to be in the struggle but what sustains us in that struggle how do we feed ourselves our souls and nourish each other so that we can keep showing up and keep doing the work let's jump right in to this next next little chat excited that um, Lamise and Jonathan Sriranganathan are going to jump up to have a quick conversation with us, um, kind of thematically linked to Lamise's performance on the importance of DIY art spaces and the value of creating spaces for um, artists to test out new work and the ways that community media can be that. So, uh, Jono and Lamise. Um, so... Uh, one of the things that Paradigm Shift and Radio Reversal have both done, and Fortable Z very much, is supporting our local arts as well as local politics, and that's been one of the main virtues of our community media. And um, it's very great to have several artists here, practitioners. Um, and so I guess sometimes in radio we have this dichotomy between, like, the music side of it and the, like, politics side of it. 
Um, but you are both people who mix activism and art. And so I guess um, the first question is, what's the value of art or poetry in trying to make social change? You know, I really resonated before when Kevin was talking about wanting to play in a lot of different spaces. And for me, poetry is another place in which I play in and in which I get to explore ideas and communicate ideas and connect with people. And I think activism doesn't always have to be something really tough. It can also be artistic, it can also be playful, it can also um, just, yeah, be different ways of exploring ideas. And I, poetry gives that to me. Yeah, and I think we forget sometimes that um, even for activists who have, like, this strong intellectual understanding of why we're doing the rally or the community organising thing or whatever it is, um, soul and emotion still matter. Like, people do need to be inspired or, like, provoked emotionally in some way and to feel, like, yeah, to connect at that level. And so, yeah, whether it's music or, or poetry or whatever the form is, but I particularly like poetry because it's such a... It really forces you to be really um, sparse with your words and think deeply about what, what are the core ideas that are really going to resonate on multiple levels. And I've, I've had, I'm sure we've all had many experiences where you go to an event and there's some very long, very insightful speeches that say a lot of the right things but are hard to connect with. And, and then you hear a really thoughtful poet stand up and say something that takes, you know, a tenth of the time but really cuts through and, and there's, it's almost a different form of speech making or whatever that, yeah, yeah I think means a lot and, and allows people to connect emotionally with an idea even if whether, whether or not they're connecting intellectually. There's a lot of art in the world um, that people consume all the time, right? TV shows, um, mm. you know, art galleries if you're doing that, music, radio, whatever. Um, there's no, no shortage of, of art, um, but I guess is there, is there a difference between the, the sort of consumption of a product of art and some other way of interacting with art that's not just a, a passive kind of recipient um, being paying money for a product? Mm. Yeah, I, and I feel like probably a lot of us have had these conversations where we're like, oh, we want to make sure our artists are paid fairly, so we want to charge entry and, and everything's sort of valued through this commercial lens. And then on the other hand, we're like, oh, no, no, but there needs to be ways to value art other than, and, than through that lens. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm sure you've grappled with that mm. as well, Lamise. I think for me, yes, obviously the answer is yes. There are, uh, and, and a, maybe more of us are starting to think about how we can organise events that are more participatory in nature, where it's not just some performers up on stage and then a big audience sitting there passively consuming how can we create events and, and rituals that are inclusive and co-opt more of us into these spaces. Um, yeah, and I like to think some of the events and, and forms of music and, and poetry I've created prom prompt that a little bit more, but it's always easier to just do the thing yourself and perform to an audience. I don't know if you've had the mm. similar experience or... Yeah, I think, um, I think it's really important to just be, like, critically reflective and intentional about why you're doing something, right, and why you're doing that art and what do you, what's your goal? Like, what, do you, what are you hoping to achieve out of that moment? So, you know, if your goal is, like, a commercial career, then, sure, you're going to think more about the commercial aspects of art making. If your goal is community, then you're going to function in a different kind of way. But I also really want to emphasise that, like, 
for so long, art has also just been like a, a friendship practice, right? Like, you know, during COVID, um, my friends and I, we used to have, I used to host like a little craftoon at my house where, you know, Anna and some others would come over and we'd just sit around and we'd play with clay and talk, you know, but that's art making, right? You know, so I just think like taking your mind away from art as a commercial thing um, and thinking about the other ways in which you want to engage with it and also just knowing it, do it doesn't have to be about career. It's yeah. just... You know, there's so many things. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the other sort of implication maybe that could be read into your question, Andy, is like, oh, there's already a lot out of art out there. Do we even need more? <laughs> like, uh, and I think most of us would probably agree that there's a lot of value in the local and the specific. And there's, yeah. you know, there's any number of good protest songs out there. But when you hear that protest song about something that happened in your city on the streets, you know, or when you're hearing, like, yeah, whatever the context is, a, a song or a poem or a story about the place that you live or the places that you're connected to, it, it does resonate at a deeper level. And so I think, like, I, yeah, sometimes I was like, oh, is there anything left to write about? I was like, yeah, write about what you know. And on that note, we're going to flick to a track, this one by our very own Andy Payne, our very own here at Portugal Z, Andy Payne, who is also hosting that panel chat. I mean, Lamise, you were just talking about, like, having craft noons where people get together and make stuff. And um, I think this is really interesting too because politics is creative, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to create a new world or we're trying to create a campaign or a, um, something that will resonate with people or some way of communicating. Um, is there something, like, inherent about art making that we need... Do we need to make the world more creative in order to improve it? Oh, that's such a big question. <laughs> I mean, I would... I would, my initial gut response is to agree. I think, yeah. But I think we also just all have the impulse to be creative and we all have different ways of expressing our creativity. And we're also all, you know, constrained in certain ways by just also the demands of, you know, life under capitalism and all that kind of thing, you know, where we then have to be kind of strategic about where our creativity gets to go, you know? And so I think a lot of people within activist spaces are incredibly creative um, because they have imagination. You know, there, there's this ability to think otherwise, to not just take things at face value, but question why and why not and could it be? And all of that is like, that to me is foundational to creativity because creativity to me always starts with curiosity and a question. I think this also makes me think back to that previous question of like how, particularly in Western art traditions, there is that real emphasis on the individual um, and, and how that, what that does to all of us is kind of reinforces the idea that there are professional crea creators or expert creators and artists and the rest of us are not those things. And so even, yeah, when we're planning some kind of political action, it's like, oh, can we invite a musician or an artist? Oh, no one's available. Okay, I guess there's just no art to be included in whatever this political thing is. But, like, why, why aren't we all singing and doing stuff at, like... Yeah, and, and that does seem to be different from activism in other places where it's perhaps more common and accepted that, that every person will just do something creative or artistic as part of whatever the political movement is without having to have these specialist artists involved. But, yeah, I mean, that's a very big conversation. I don't know if I've got time to go into all that. <laughs> all right, final question. What do you think are some things that we can do in our local community in Brisbane to support, um, enable the 
creation of good and radical art? Oof. Uh, hang out. Yeah. Do stuff together. <laughs> Don't worry about if it's like cool or whatever. Like if you think it's cool and you are enjoying it and it means something and it's connecting, just keep going. I don't even, yeah, don't hold yourself back. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo that. I think there's been so much, um, and particularly it did get harder to organise events during COVID, and so now, like, things, you feel like, oh, it has to be perfect and well-planned and really detailed before I can even put on the show or organise the jam night or whatever, but maybe we need to be making more time for those informal, creative spaces, and, yeah, I mean, there's still lots of jam nights happening, but um, I feel like in the minds of a lot of musicians, there's, like, oh, there's the informal jam night and that's here and then there's the gig and the gig is the important thing and the jam is just preparation for the gig and maybe we need to start inverting that a little bit more and making more space for the, the spontaneous and the improvisational and, yeah, the, the unfinished and the imperfect and, and start valuing that a little bit more. So for people who are trying to be like, oh, what can we do and what can we inject into these scenes to keep them flourishing and, and vibrant and, and cutting edge and all that sort of stuff, it's just like create more spaces where people jam and, and people write poetry together or, or just people come together and like splash paint around for a couple of hours without thinking too much about the exhibition at the end of it all. But, yeah. All right. Thanks very much, Jono and Lamise. And also, Fortune Z, your local community radio station. It does a lot of supporting of local music and arts and things like that. And so I do recommend you uh, tune into it. Um, you were trying to give us the prompt to say that. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I hope they say Fortune Z is great. And we didn't take it at all. No, I did not pick that one. Andy wanted us to say yes. Time Support your local community yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, great idea, Lamise. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. You can support your local community podcast. You can find uh, The Paradigm Shift and The Radio Reversal, shiny new podcasts on a podcast app near you. But don't worry, we will, of course, remain on the air here at 4 Z, where our heart lives. You have been listening to some recordings from our podcast mixtape launch event that we hosted a couple of weeks ago. That panel there was between Andy from The Paradigm Shift along with Jono Sriranganathan and Lamise Hamuda, uh, both friends of the show here at Radio Reversal, um, having a really beautiful chat about poetry and music and how we create these spaces together and how these spaces are integral to the political work we do and also to sustaining us in these political movements, um, finding those spaces for joy and creativity and expression and finding approaches and orientations to art and art making that are more collective and I guess, you know, I, for me as a person who doesn't really think about myself as artistic at all, like less intimidating, more accessible, more inviting, um, yeah, the, more permission to be playful uh, with how we make and create together. It is 9.55 and we are rapidly running out of radio reversal here this morning on 4 Z. But you should stay tuned because coming up at 10 after Zedlines is, of course, Talking Zeds, hosted by, I believe, peeking through the window, it's Andy, Andy Payne, who you've been hearing this morning on Radio Reversal. So more Andy in your Thursday morning. What could be better? Um, I wanted to just briefly, before we go out, um, remind you all of an event really important that's happening tomorrow. Uh, so with everything that's been going on, um, 
Brisbane Friends of Palestine and Justice for Palestine Mianjin are putting on an event called No War on Gaza, Solidarity with Palestine. It will be in King George Square tomorrow starting at 6pm and it's an event in solidarity uh, with Palestinians who are um, just facing uh, brutal and genocidal attacks. Um, So if you can, please get out there, please support them, um, be amongst it. It is going to be a really crucial event. And um, for those of you listening outside of um, so-called Brisbane on other places around the settler colony, you will be able to find their events happening um, tomorrow night all across across the colony. So uh, get along if you can. Um, stand in solidarity against the violence of settler colonialism here and everywhere else. On that note, I wanted to go out um, with a track by um, the wonderful Phil Monsoor, who also um, was kind enough to play at our mixtape event a couple of weeks ago. Um, This track is I Left My Heart in Palestine, uh, featuring Mohammed Youssef. You have been listening to Radio Reversal on 4 Z. Stay tuned for... Uh, Talking Zed's coming up at 10.